You're listening to Living Faith, the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Avon Park, Florida. First Baptist Church is located at 100 North Lake Avenue in Avon Park, Florida. We meet Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. for Sunday school and 10.45 a.m. for morning worship. Sunday evening services are at 6 p.m. On Wednesday, we meet at 6 p.m. for our weekly Bible study along with our immersive student and children's ministries. Find out more at www.fbcap.net or give us a call at 863-453-6681. You can email us at info at fbcap.net. We'd love to connect with you soon. This is part of our current Sunday morning sermon series, Look and Live, Life and Light in the Gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 1, the passage that we looked at several weeks ago as we were doing our study through the Gospel of John, and I want to read that. So we're going to be looking at different passages of Scripture over the next few moments. And I'm going to share Scripture, and then we are going to observe communion as part of the message and then after our communion and understanding the Lord's Supper I'm going to issue a call to respond when you think about what the word is telling us John 1 verses 1 through 4 in the beginning was the word The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made. In Him was life, and the light was the light. Of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. From a historical significant standpoint, I guess you could say that this time of year, this month, this week, we could say this Sunday. As I said earlier, it's being recognized literally all over the world as Reformation Day. And it's celebrating an historical event that literally changed the world as we know it. And those solas, those only statements, those alone statements, grace alone, faith alone, scripture alone, Christ alone, the glory of God alone became the the foundational truth on which we would call the biblical evangelical church was built upon. But I want us to think about this. What now? What about now? What about today? In 2017 in Avon Park, Florida. We celebrate something that happened, whether it's a Reformation Day or a Calvary Day. We celebrate things that have happened, but what about 
now? What about today being so great a salvation? And what Christ has done for us and how that impacts our life. 500 years ago, the issue was over many things, authority, uh, the church, how was someone saved. Many years ago, there was a lot of what you would call works involved with it that Yes, it was what Christ did, but it was also the works of indulgences. You had to, to give to the church in order to be saved. There were the, the sacraments. There were these things that had to take place plus Christ. So I guess you could say Jesus plus something, grace plus something, faith plus something. And so the battle cry was going, Jesus and nothing, faith and nothing, grace and nothing, scripture and nothing. But what about today? I believe that scripture only and Christ only and grace only and faith only and for the glory of God only is still very important. We may not have indulgences. We may not look at the church as our ultimate authority. We may not have the the traditions that were running the the churches many years ago. But we still live in a day where there needs to be a, a battle cry for reformation. Tonight and today, as we look at our topic of, of choice this morning, there needs to be a, a a battle cry and a stand for Jesus only. There's not a week goes by that I don't engage someone in some way with the gospel. I don't mean that in a me witnessing. I mean that in what I hear. Many years ago, there were many things that we were battling. I was not there, but there were many things that were being battled 500 years ago. And I'm grateful for the men and the women that fought that good fight. But we live in a day and age today that there's still raging battles that are taking place for grace alone and faith alone and scripture alone and most importantly, Christ alone. In our world today, you hear a statement like this, I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. And Jesus Christ. I believe in a literal heaven and a literal hell. I believe I'm not as bad as most. And so therefore, because I believe in God and I believe in Jesus and I believe in these things, I believe in heaven, I believe in, I believe in these things. I'm not as bad as most. I'm okay with God maybe I need to start doing this when someone walks down that road in a a setting whether it's in a parking lot a convenience store the Walmart the hospital room whenever somebody starts talking me down that casual because once they find out I'm a pastor see they want to clarify their life oh I believe in God I believe in Jesus I'm just going to scream stop but that be you think that would catch him off guard? Stop! Just stop it for a second. 
we have turned Jesus Christ into something that is not Jesus Christ. We have turned a belief that Jesus is a historical figure that we believe in and that there's a good place called heaven that good people go to and a bad place called hell that mean people go to and that I believe in those things and I believe that there's a big God in heaven that just is like a a big teddy bear that we climb up in his lap like granddaddy and Jesus died on the cross because I've seen the picture and he's sitting around in the sheepfold and little children on his lap and he's playing with the little lambs I believe these things Stop it. Jesus Christ came and he lived and he died on a cross because we are a wicked fallen man. And there's not one thing in us that will enable us to pay the penalty of our sin. But God so loved us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross that through repentance and faith, we may be saved. That's a life changer. Our problem today is not the battle against an authoritative church that was 500 years ago. Our battle is what we have done with the gospel. I think there are going to be many a churches and many an individuals and many a pastors and many denominations and many people that had, I think, a really good intent. Their desire was to see people saved. But in order to see people saved, we turned Christ into something that Christ has never been. He is the Lamb of God that died for us in our sin. I believe in God, Pastor. I believe in Jesus. I believe in heaven and hell. I believe I'm not as bad as others. I believe I'm okay with God. At first glance, this sounds good, but that is terrible. If that belief in these historical events are played out through repentance and faith and a changed heart, we witness what it means to be born again. In our culture today, we need a revival of Christ alone. Turn in your will to he, Romans, excuse me, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 12 through 17. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 through 17. This is actually a passage that we have looked at on our Wednesday night Bible study through the book of Romans. And it's talking about Adam and Christ. What Adam, through Adam, through Christ. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, so Notice what happened. Sin came into the world because of sin. There's death because of sin. And because of sin, and we have death. So death spread to all men because all have sinned. See what happened? When God said he loved the world and he sent his son, it's because all of the world is in need of the son. There's a sin problem of humanity. 
It's not I'm better than everybody else or I'm not as bad as so-and-so. We are all dead in our trespasses and sin. That is why Christ came. That is what makes the good news the glorious great news. Sin spread to all men, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin was not counted where there was no law. Even before the Ten Commandments were handed down to Moses, Cain and Abel could sin. We go back to that picture. There was sin even before the law was given because of man and their conscience and their desires. There's always been right or wrong after the fall, even before the Ten Commandments came. Yet... Death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam and who was a type of the one who was to come. So there is our need. Because of Adam and Eve, because of the sin in Genesis, all man, all man, all man is in need of a Savior. There is no one righteous, no, not one. But the free gift... Verse 15 is like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abound for many. Now here's where it gets kind of difficult. Well, it's not difficult. Let me rephrase that. This is where the world wants to make it difficult. The popular message of the day is God is nice. Jesus is nice. You be nice. You're nice if you just want to be nice. If you believe in nice, be nice. The nice church with the nice Jesus and the nice gospel. It sounds good. But here's, so you, you, you sit in places and they say, never, ever True story. You go to certain things, never, ever, ever say anything negative. No, no blood on the cross. Don't ever call somebody a sinner. Don't ever talk about the depravity of man. We want people to feel welcome. We want our friends to like us and that we can be nice. That sounds great for a birthday card. But here's how I look at that. I would rather be depraved. That's a hard word, and depraved. Just, I'd rather be bad and let Jesus be great than me be okay and nice, and Jesus is too. You see the, the difference of that? For sin spread to all of man because of Adam, but because Christ came, all can be, all might be saved. That, that grace spreads to all man. So the, the worse we are, the greater Christ is. Amen? Today, Jesus is just kind of a nice historical figure that we can just believe in, and he's okay. It's, it's okay. It's not a big deal. No, it's a huge deal. And every day I want to understand more deeply what Christ did for me. But as the free gift is not like the trespass, for many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abound for many. And the free gift, verse 16, is not like the result of that one man's sin, 
For the judgment following one trespass brought what? What was, the, what, was the, what was the one trespass? What did that bring according to God's word? What does that word say? Condemnation. That's what sin brought into humanity. Condemnation and the judgment of God. But the free gift... Following many trespasses has brought justification. It's a courtroom scene. I share this. Whenever I hear my full name, I know I'm in trouble. I got in trouble one time in high school. And I remember going to my dad. I've shared this a time or two before. And I had to go to court. I'm not going to tell you what I did. And so I remember going to my dad and said, I got to go to court. And he said, have fun. Just kind of hoping somebody would go with me. I wasn't where when you got in trouble. To this day, I can take you to the Spalding County Courthouse and show you where I was sitting. William, Jonathan, Beck. It's funny, I looked around, but maybe there's somebody else here like that. <laughs> and I stood in front of that judge, and he read the, the crime. I'm not going to tell you. You give $100 to missions, Sharon may tell you. <laughs> Are you guilty? Yes, Your Honor. And I probably said something like, but I promise I won't ever do it again. And he read off the sentence, probation. It was one of those scared straight tactics. My dad was in on it. The court moves. When I stand before God apart from Jesus Christ, one day I was condemned a sinner, unclean. And my righteousness was like filthy rags. And Jesus Christ literally said something like this in my little mind. Father, I died for this one. This one is mine. And God looked through Jesus Christ and forgave me of my sin. And he said, not guilty. And just as Jesus Christ told the woman called in adultery, go and sin no more. When you leave a sentence, when you, when you understand that you are literally deserving of hell until Christ saved you and forgave you of your sins, you have a completely look at who Jesus Christ is than you've ever had before. So I think we're missing it in the day is we want people to believe in Jesus and believe in God and believe in heaven and believe in hell and just believe in these things. Believe you're okay. Believe these things. But we're not making sin large and great so that we can make the Savior large and great. Verse 17, for if because of one man's trespass, sin 
death reigned through one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Let me read that again. For if because of one man's trespasses, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ. I don't know where you are today spiritually, but I want to ask you to do something. Look at your heart. Have you ever repented of your sin and placed your faith in Christ? Have you acknowledged that Jesus is your Savior and your Lord? And the most important thing that you can do is to honor and to love Him as you follow Him as your Master and your Redeemer. I'm going to ask our deacons, if they will, to come forward and prepare the table for communion. So as they come and remove the cloth and they prepare, as we think about that, and as I said, after we have communion, I'm going to conclude the message with a time of response. So as they come and prepare... I want to read a passage of scripture located in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. It's an Old Testament picture of the priest doing their duty in the temple. Which can never take away sin. It never takes it away. It just acknowledges that they were sinful And it was an act of of obedience that one did to appease the wrath of God for that season. But it it never took the sin away. But as we think about the bread and the wine. But when Christ had offered up for all time a single sacrifice for sin, he sat down. Now listen to this. He sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for that time until his enemy should be a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. In the upper room, Jesus was preparing the disciples for Calvary. And as they were literally walking his way to the cross and they were celebrating the Passover as a good follower and believer in God and the old law, they knew that the Passover must be celebrated to remember that God had delivered them from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. Now, every time I do this, I think it's the last 20-something years, every time, every time I do communion, I think of this. They sat around the table of Jesus Christ thinking about their forefathers in Egypt and the blood that would have been sprinkled on the doorpost And the unleavened bread that would have been taken as they fled Egypt and they were delivered. 
And as they sit around that table looking at Jesus, still trying to figure out all that is going on, Jesus Christ himself would have taken that bread and looked into their heart, knowing that in a few hours later he was going to give his life for them. That broken body. And in their typical way, they would have said, hey, who's going to pour the wine? We need to pour the wine. And Jesus would have taken that wine and knowingly it would have been his blood, like would have been coming from his head and his hands and his back and his feet. And he would have poured that wine out, looking at their eyes and their hearts, knowing that in a few hours he was going to give his life for them and for you and for me. And then after he died on that cross and he rose again and he came back and ministered for those days and he went to the right hand of the Father, those disciples received the same Holy Spirit that we received and they understood what that bread meant. They understood what that wine meant and their lives were radically changed. This Bible is a book about redemption in a book about the lives that redemption has changed. When we think about the bread and we think about the blood, it should change our life. Lord, we thank you for the old covenant that points to the fulfillment through the new covenant. Jesus Christ Lord I thank you for that sacrifice for our sin so that we may worship you today in spirit and in truth and as we partake of the bread and as we partake of the wine I pray we truly understand what it is you have done and what it is that it means to us. And this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.